Hello, everybody. Happy, happy holidays. Pardon the slightly off audio quality of this mini intro. I'm on the road and I just couldn't fit that microphone in my already packed suitcase. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that this week's episode is a special behind the scenes preview of a monthly Q&A call with my private Pivot Insider community. For as little as $8 a month, you can support the Pivot Podcast. It is entirely listener supported. In this episode, you'll hear why I don't want to take money from sponsors and I would rather have a monthly Q&A call with all of you or those of you who want a more intimate behind the scenes connection with me and a really special group of people. You can learn more at pivotmethod.com slash insider and support the show for 2020. In this conversation, it's our December Q&A call where I share my favorite things, Oprah style, of my favorite purchases, gifts, even workouts I do from home, and the teachers and tools that help me facilitate that. I also answer questions that the group submitted, which range from staying motivated to side hustles to even what I'm doing for the holidays. Little preview, my husband and I brought a puppy home mid-December, so we've been all hands on deck with the little one, the little furball, and it's been a huge life change, but so fun and so, so rewarding as well. I hope you enjoy this episode, and again, if you want to join us in Pivot Insider for a monthly private live Q&A call with me on Zoom and over six months of archives at this point, head on over to pivotmethod.com slash insider. Now on to today's episode and wishing you all a happy, happy new year. I hope you have the most wonderful start to 2020 and thank you all so much for being here, listening, supporting the show, sending in notes, sending in questions and extra special thank you to all of you Pivot Insiders who go the even extra mile to support the show. It means the world to me and I am just so incredibly grateful for all of you. Happy 2020, and now let's get into this week's episode. What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our December Insider Call. I am so thankful to have you all here. Those of you who are here live, those who will listen to this recording. I just started Pivot Insider halfway through the year. It was an experiment. I had no clue how this was going to go. I just knew that sponsorship didn't feel right for the podcast. I didn't feel right taking on sponsors to say things that I was being paid to say if I didn't truly, truly resonate with the products. And that sparked the idea. And I saw Tim Ferriss do a micro flash of an experiment where he did a listener supported model for not even a full month. And I was one of those thousand true fans that jumped at it, signed up right away, $10. And I realized that I prefer a more intimate listener supported model where whatever I say on the podcast, and even if I'm promoting a product that I love and it's an affiliate link somehow, although that's hard to do in audio, that you know that the words that come out of my mouth are my own. And I noticed myself when I was thinking about bringing on sponsors for the show, I would ever so subtly start to change 
something about the content, something about the schedule. And so you all, as a result of being here, you don't even know how helpful it is to me and how meaningful and it does keep me going. It's not, I'm not just saying, oh, it's listener supported. If you enjoy the show, please contribute. And then we'll have these small group Q&A calls once a month with resources in between. It's, it, it really genuinely gives me the motivation, the support, the morale, and a little bit of funding to go toward producing the show. I'm so thankful for you. And I'm thankful that you are helping me try to blaze some trails on the heart-based business side of things. So heart-based business is about following your own intuition. And I'm about to record a podcast for my friend Petra's show. She's renaming it. It's currently called Perfection Detox, but our episode will launch on December 31st. And we're going to talk about saying yes. What are you saying yes to? And so much of what I want to encourage all of us to do in 2020 is to say yes to yourself, to say yes to spaciousness, ease. And part of yes is permission, is permission to follow your instincts and your joy about what you do want to do, what does resonate and what doesn't. Because of the way the internet is and social media, there's so much information and best practices and how-tos. And that is such a blessing that we can learn anything at the drop of a hat. And it can also sometimes be confusing to hear your own voice. And I was just having team meetings with my whole team this week. And one thing that I said to every single person is, I do not believe that anybody should do work that drains them. So I told the team, if, if there is anything at any point that starts to drain you, you dread it, you're not looking forward to it, it feels like a drag, please let me know. I never take that personally. It then opens up a door for us to creatively solve that part of the business. Maybe we stop doing it all together. Maybe we can automate something. Maybe we can creatively rethink how we approach it. But I actually take dread and procrastination and that sense of draining tasks, which is a concept I, I learned this year through Helios, my friend Josh Allen Dykstra and his amazing team. They do us an assessment called Strength Scope, which is in the Pivot Insider bonuses, by the way, if you want to check out that material of how to think about energizers and drainers. Sometimes we take drainers personally. We think, oh, I'm dreading this task. I, I'm, this thing is giving me a sense of dread or this way of approaching my business or my creative projects or a book or a podcast or a side hustle. And we take it personally. We think, oh, there must be something wrong with me that I'm dreading or procrastinating on this task. What if you gave yourself permission to say, there's nothing wrong with you at all. And actually your resistance to that task is often a signal that you don't want to do it. You shouldn't be the one to do it you could delegate it or that maybe you can rethink your approach. Maybe there's a story that you're telling yourself about that task that's putting too much pressure. There's an amazing book called The 80% Approach by Dan Sullivan that he talks about the relationship between perfectionism and procrastination. And he goes so far as to say that all procrastination is a result of perfectionism. We're putting so much pressure on ourselves to do it right that we don't do it at all. And so the 80% approach is get the first 80% done as fast as possible. Don't 
judge yourself. Don't worry about it. Get the first 80% done as fast as possible. And in his world, he would say, delegate the rest. Not everybody here is going to have someone on your team that you're delegating to. But what would it look like in 2020 to get to that 80% as fast as possible? One of the most recent episodes I launched on the Pivot Podcast was about rapid prototyping a course. And my approach to this is very different than some of what you'll see online. So for me, rapid prototyping, and I, I talked about agile manifesto principles, agile development, how we used to do things at Google. I want to give you permission to launch and iterate this year, to get things out there, to not worry about them being perfect. And in fact, celebrate the imperfection. Because every time you ship something that's not perfect, somebody gets to interact with it and you can learn. You can get feedback. You can, you can hear their experience of it. Maybe as you start to ship things, you'll hear from people who say, wow, that was so helpful for me. And that will motivate you to keep going. So circling back to Pivot Insider here, all of you, when you all decided to become part of the community, it gave me such a huge morale boost that you are who I'm creating for. It's so fun to get to interact and be on these calls. And so as we, as we kind of round the corner, close out the year, I really want to invite you to reflect on what will you be saying yes to in the year ahead? And what do you want to drop? What can you say no to? One of my big themes is going to be simplifying, at least in terms of my business. I don't think that's going to be my word of the year, but I'm looking at there's this balance between creating new things, but also simplifying what is. And I'm convinced that the more we simplify, the more space we create for ourselves, the more room we do have to be creative and to honor our own unique gifts and talents to do our best work. As I've been presenting about Pivot more recently, a keynote speech, it's always evolving. So when I first started delivering it, when Pivot came out in 2016, it looked and sounded one way. And then I learn, I learn from every single group and audience that I interact with. And now I'm incorporating how do you map your best work? So not just mapping the year ahead, but how do we continue to strip away the things that are not unique to each of us so that we can do more of what is? And what would that look like for you? The episode, one of the most popular pivot podcasts that happens <laughs> in any given time is the annual episode. I don't do it every year, but I just launched episode 147 of Set Your 2020 Strategy. So if you want to walk through the full pivot method and use that to set your strategy for 2020, I highly recommend it. It's You can go to pivotmethod.com slash 147. And if you're part of this insider community, it's now's a good time as well to look at all the bonuses that are part of insiders. So somebody asked in the Q and a, um, for any pivot handouts or resources, things that could help you in a tangible way for mapping your next moves, mapping your best work. And there's a lot within the insider bonus section and the resources that you can use. So before we open it up to the questions that were submitted and then Q&A that we'll do live, I thought it'd be fun to do a little mini version of Jenny's favorite things. So shout out to Oprah. <laughs> I'm actually going, thanks to Petra, I'm actually going to her February. It's in New York at the Barclays Center. I think it's on February 8th, but it's her 2020 vision 
live day long event. So I will, for the first time, get to see and hear and experience Oprah in person. I can't wait. I think Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama is even the guest and they might still have tickets. So if any of you are interested in going, I can't wait. I will definitely report back. But I'm going to turn on video for a minute and we're going to do a little episode of Jenny's Favorite Things to help you with your year-end planning and kicking off 2020. And in fact, I'm going to share my screen so that you get some visuals as well. So first, shout out to Wade, who is a Momentum founding member, and she has launched her Healthy for the Holidays free 10-day self-care challenge. So if you want to join and sign up for that, Wade is absolutely incredible. She also has a podcast. Um, and it's just, I, Wade, I just love your work. I love what you do. So Healthy for the Holidays. And I'm going to put all these links in the show notes and in chat as well. But this is Wade's signature program that she does every year, daily exercises, recipes, and meditations to feel your best this holiday season. I also want to give a shout out to founding insider member, Anne-Marie, who has just launched her Ivy Lee Goal Planner. And this is at ivylyco.com. I'll put this link in the show notes. Stephanie brought this to our team meeting this week, and it's so beautiful. So here's with the planner. And Anne-Marie was one of our first Pivot Insiders and now in Momentum. And I just think it's gorgeous. I love the story of it. It offers activities and prompting questions throughout to facilitate, facilitate a personalized approach to goal setting and monitoring. I love too. I love planners that are agnostic to the actual date, calendar date, and year. So this is at Ivy Lee, Lee as in lyco.com. And I'll put that in the notes. Moving right along, I met an incredible woman. Nope, this isn't the one. I met an incredible woman named Aisha here in New York, and she has another book that I'm so excited to try out. She gave me a copy. It's called Design the Life You Love, a step-by-step -step guide to building a meaningful future. And this was a gift. We did a little mini mastermind here in New York, and you'll see she's so visually oriented that the book is really delightful. And even if you feel like you're pretty clear on your whole career or where things are going generally in your business, I actually think this book would be such a great way to set the tone for even the next decade. You know me with Pivot, I don't really think you need to plan a whole decade, nor can you or me. But if you could go through some of these exercises in a visual way, I do think that it sparks a very different side of our creative mind to do planning and ideating and creative thinking and vision setting in this in a playful way, as you can see right here. So I'm really excited to dive into this. She says, just do 20 minutes at a time, get a pen, do this analog. She says, you don't have to draw like Picasso, but just draw. So um, I, I think this can be a fun way to shake things up. Somebody asked a question about whether I have New Year's resolutions. And on the subject of what sparks joy, the word resolution just doesn't resonate with me, nor does the word goal. <laughs> Maybe this is just a nomenclature thing. Even the word success, 
I don't like it. It's not a word that is in my lexicon and I did my best. I don't even know if you'll find success mentioned even one time in Pivot. I made a clear, distinct point to remove that word. And anytime an editor or let's say the marketing team would put it in the copy, I would take it back out. So, oh, here's what you need to, to achieve career success. I just think, what does that even mean? It, it, it imagines that there's some one fixed point where you achieve career success, check, check, check. It's not like that. A growth mindset, if you're high net growth, is about loving the process, enjoying the process. There's no there there. And of course, we're going to hit milestones along the way. So anyway, that's a tangent <laughs> on the word success. But you get to pick what resonates with you and let whatever you do for the new year be empowering, exciting, creative, uh, enjoyable. Some might think that focusing on joy and ease is indulgent somehow. We definitely have a work ethic in, in, at least in America. And I know not all of you are stateside, but that's like, gotta work hard, gotta hustle, gotta grind, but try it out for yourself. See, do you do your best work when you hustle and grind and work hard? Or do you do your best work when you connect with the things that are uniquely joyful to you? And I do think that our joy is a beacon drawing us toward what we're meant to do. It is the signal that we have. It is the compass, our joy. And that those things that come easily to us are, that is the signal. It's not a frivolous thing. It's actually saying, yes, this is your gift. And therefore it's joyful. And therefore it's coming easily to you so easily that you don't even realize that it's work. And that's not to say I think all of us here, I know the Pivot community and Insider and Momentum, we are willing to roll up our sleeves. We are willing to do the work, definitely, on a personal development level, on a business level, creative projects. But that doesn't mean that it needs to be this angsty, stressful, horrible thing where we hit burnout, which is a topic we've been discussing even in Momentum. So part of, I think, the way to sustain our energy is almost to overcorrect. I actually think that the way we work is so intense that it's, and especially the way technology is and the way society is and 24 seven communication, our bodies just aren't designed for this level of stimulus and 10 inboxes with all the notifications and especially around the holidays. So how can we continue to strip away? And when I say overcorrect, what would it look like to create extra ease in your schedule? In the new year. So before I, I continue with my favorite things, I'll, I'll say one thing, one very tangible, practical activity that I'm doing at the end of the year to plan for 2020 is setting blocks on my calendar. Now, if you haven't taken free up founder time, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't run your own business, you could replace the word business with career. That's at pivotmethod.com slash founder time. But what I've done is I decided that I'm going to do one deep work week a month. So shout out to Cal Newport and his fantastic book, Deep Work. But I'm going to do one deep work week a month. So the fourth week of every month, I have now put a block on my calendar that says DNS. No one can schedule. Calendly will not show any availability. That's the tool I use for scheduling. And even my team will know I'm not available this week. Of course, barring any urgent client projects, or let's say I get asked to do a keynote speech. Well, perfect. My week is already blocked off to go travel and deliver that. That's okay with me. I will make an exception for that because keynote speaking is very joyful, but there's something so powerful about claiming your time for yourself. And 
one week a month might seem kind of crazy, but I am going to try it. I'm going to at least aspire to it. And there's no chance, I can tell you right now, by blocking off a week, there's at least a chance that I could offer myself that time to deeply immerse myself in my work or even deeply rest. But if I don't block it off, there's not even a chance. I'm also blocking off Mondays and Fridays. Those will be no meeting days. And I'm blocking the first one to three hours of every morning. So I've created this kind of sandwich in my schedule (laughs) that it's just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And each of those days has a theme. Wednesday is only for podcasting. I'm interviewing others or others are interviewing me. Thursdays are team meetings and maybe client calls, although I'm not even taking on -on one-on-one coaching clients for, for until further notice so that I can work on my business. And that's hard. One-on-one career coaching was my bread and butter for the last eight years. It was my most consistent, steady, recurring revenue. But now I'm at this transition point of wanting to overcorrect, overcarve out the time so I can hear myself think and I can pace myself and I can start to really, really continue, well, not start, continue to zoom in on the work that is unique to me that I and only I can do. So there's a practical little bit of homework for you from this. Oh, you don't even have to call it homework, but an action step could be, how could you design your calendar now? Even if you work within an organization, you could put DNS blocks. You can make appointments with yourself. You don't even have to label what they are. But how could you start to put parameters where you claim your time instead of going by default or letting it kind of get broken up piecemeal? I also did this calculation where I said, in my ideal world, if I were going to really optimize my physical health and wellness, exercise, my family, we're getting a puppy any day now, what would that look like? And I realized my ideal work week is about 20 hours, 20 hours of calls, meetings, maintenance. You know, if I want to work more, that's fine. Ideally, if I'm working more, it's because I'm working on a very meaningful creative, deep work project, but not 50 hours just to maintain, just to stay afloat, just to tread water. So at 20 hours a week, and I then was going to multiply it by 56 weeks in the year, but I realized, well, who wants to work every single week of the year? So I decided, you know, we need, when we do these calculations, I wanted to build in buffer for maybe I'm taking one of, who knows, there's a week I get sick. There's a week that someone's coming in and visiting from out of town. If I'm being very realistic, I'm probably going to multiply my 20 hours a week by 44 weeks. So that leaves me with, and let me now double check so I don't embarrass myself. I'm pretty sure that calculation was about a thousand hours, but let's see. Yeah. 880. So I rounded up to a thousand. Imagine you have a thousand hours to spend in 2020 on work. How do you want to spend them? If you could draw a pie chart of your business or career activities, how would you divide them? So within these thousand hours, imagine a piece of paper. And I've done this before when I set income goals for myself, where I I put $500 increments of checkboxes on a piece of paper. This is a time where I really needed to kind of make my monthly income to cover my bills. So if you had a thousand checkboxes and you knew that, and you knew that that was a constraint on your time, and maybe you even want to right away say 50% of those are for me. Those are for deep work or admin. So, okay, now I have 500 hours that I can potentially meet, connect, go to coffee, do a podcast, be on a podcast, 
that's it. 500, you get 500 check marks on the year. If that, like, again, always building in buffer, buffer, buffer. What would that start to look like? Oh yeah, 52, Michael. Oh my gosh. Michael reminds me. Yes, 52 weeks in a year. See, I swear numbers. I I, I probably it's okay. I forgive if some of you feel like I'm just if I can't even figure that out, you just don't even want any part of this. But um I don't know why I have such a block with numbers. 52 weeks a year, it's the most obvious thing. I don't know why in my head it was 56. It's so weird. Maybe I'm like somewhere squeaking out. Very bizarre. <laughs> there are things really. <laughs> Michael says time space is a problem for all. Even geography, world history, my brain is like a sieve. It's just that information goes in, doesn't matter how many times, even population numbers. Like if you tell me the population of New York, of the US, of California, of the world, I I have to over and over repeat that information to myself just to remember it. And then contrast that with my book recommendations, I can remember key principles from over a thousand books and I can recommend. Even today, I gave Michael a book prescription. <laughs> I like sat him. I said, I intuitively prescribe you these three books for your day, for the theme that you're working on. And that comes so easily to me. I can remember all these little nuggets from these books, but not something so simple <laughs> as how many weeks a year. It is really, it's really bizarre, but maybe that's Maybe that's happening on purpose to just illustrate there are certain things that come so naturally and other things that don't. And how do we give ourselves permission without telling ourselves a story of limiting beliefs? But how do we just give ourselves permission of, yep, it's not my zone of genius, but you know what? I compensate by being really good and enjoying spreadsheets. So that's probably part of my problem is that without the spreadsheet in front of me to actually crunch these numbers, it just doesn't happen as easily. Okay, let's keep moving on. Jenny's favorite things. I just got this Harlem candle. It's harlemcandlecompany.com and specifically the essence of winter spruce. If you want your house to smell like Christmas and you don't want to cut down any trees or bring the big clunking tree into your house, at least I'm just not good at that. I really admire people who have beautiful Christmas trees with all the ornaments and the lights and everything. And I'm not I, I know we're all celebrating a number of all different holidays, but there is something so delightful about Christmas tree smell. Um, so no matter what you celebrate, the description of this candle, I love it. It says, Billy Holiday started singing in nightclubs in Harlem in the 1930s and the world stopped and listened. Completely enthralled, her admirers nicknamed her Lady Day and worshipped every note that came from her lips. Billy wore signature white gardenias in her shiny black hair and had a seminal influence on jazz music and pop singing that is still evident today. The holiday candle is inspired by Billy's favorite perfume, Emerald, an aromatic green blend of fresh winter spruce, pine needles, mint-infused eucalyptus, fir balsam, and spicy cedarwood, developing into a feminine heart of ethereal blue hyacinth. Strong and full-bodied, yet fragile and dreamy, just like Lady Day. Sets a beautiful mood for holiday time all year round. And yes, the top note is green pine. So shout out to, I wanted to support Harlem and this local maker. And we just lit it for the first time today. And it really is that perfect holiday smell. Okay. Are you ready for my next favorite thing? My mom just got this for Michael and I for Christmas. 
It is the comfy hooded blanket sweatshirt. <laughs> so I'm going to show you on video. Hold on, wait for it. This is a two pack from Costco. It is literally a fuzzy blanket that you can wear. They're enormous and I'm not even going to be embarrassed to wear this in public. So here's my comfy hooded blanket sweatshirt. It's, and it is called the comfy hooded blanket sweatshirt. It comes in a two pack. If you get it from Costco, it's Sherpa lined. It says on the website, oversized. It is huge. You're like walking around in a sleeping bag, but I, we are having so much fun with these already. If you want to talk about, if you want to talk about just pure delight and comfort. And Michael even said, cause he's, he's Lebanese. He said, this is the most American thing I've ever seen, but is truly so cozy. So if your house is freezing like mine, even when I lived in California, my mom's house somehow always ended up freezing. We were like shivering. And uh, so if you, if you live in one of those houses that just doesn't retain heat, this, this comfy blanket is, is amazing. And I, I, like I said, I will not even be embarrassed to walk around the streets of New York, <laughs> maybe not downtown, maybe just on dog walks, like in our neighborhood. <laughs> But for snow days, I figure this is the perfect motivation to leave the house. It's just straight up wear a blanket. The next favorite thing, there was a question that Milena submitted, which was about um, what is my favorite online Pilates class? So my teacher, Terry Steele, has been teaching for a long time, maybe 30 years in New York. So I'm going to put this link in the show notes. Her name is spelled Terry, T-E-R-I, Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E, terrysteelpilates.com. And you can buy these either one-time purchase, three-day rental, or a monthly subscription. She's so good. She's tough. She moves quickly. But Pilates, it was something that, by the way, in the beginning, I felt utterly allergic to. I hated it. It was so hard for me. I couldn't even make it through a lot of the exercises have sets of eight or sets of four. And the first time I tried Pilates in, I think it's 2013, I just couldn't even make it through any one set within the entire hour long class. But when I was done, I felt incredible. And I realized that, and Wade's, Wade says, whoop, whoop, Pilates. She's a Pilates teacher as well. Like I'm not a Pilates teacher, but Wade is. Um, it is so good for core strengthening, which helps every other thing that you do. So for me, it supports my yoga practice. It, it, um, Pilates activates all the serotonin. Like I believe 95%, maybe Michael, you could correct me on this, but something like 95% of serotonin is created in our abdomen. And something about doing Pilates, it does create very happy chemicals when you're done. And I realized that the fact that those exercises were so hard, despite the fact that I'd been doing yoga for 10 years meant that I was clearly missing certain parts of my obliques. And I love any exercise that's, that you don't need a gym, you don't need equipment, you can do from anywhere. So these Pilates classes from Terry's Deal have really served me well. I do them on a stability ball. If you can see me on video, I'm sitting on my bouncing ball right now at my desk. Um, but she has ones that are mat classes, stability ball, small weighted balls. So they're very creative, fast paced. And Wade, feel free to share if you have a favorite online Pilates class as well. But I would say this is one where even if you don't enjoy it at first, you will experience incredible benefits. The other way that I've been doing Pilates and yoga lately, ever since we moved, is with the mirror. So this I'm going to show you, it's mirror.co. 
mirror, it is pricey. I believe the installation of the mirror is about, they, they bring it to your house. I don't know if they deliver everywhere, but here looks like there's a holiday code, ho- code holiday 19, save 467. I think it would end up around $1,000, but the mirror streams all kinds of live classes. So it's almost Peloton, but for everything else. So instead of being spin classes, it's boxing, strength training, cardio dance, Pilates, yoga. And I have one in my office right here. Actually, I wonder if I can turn my computer. See, can you see the mirror? It's right there on the wall. And what this has helped me do is not have an excuse not to move. So the classes are in increments of 15 minutes. A lot of them are 30 minutes. They go to 45 minutes and an hour. And I love that at any given moment, I have no excuse. So I'm now on a streak where I'm trying to do at least one class a day, if not two. They have restorative yoga, Pilates. Again, the, the, there's kickboxing, boxing. So there's classes for the guys if you want. There's um, not that, of course, these classes are all gender neutral, open to all genders, but you know, some of you might want a more active cardio-based workout, more competitive. And I like even doing restorative yoga on the mirror. So even before this insider call, I did a 15-minute yoga flow. And even though I could do that on my own, I often don't. So it's nice to be able to have somebody talking to me through the mirror where they were kind of walking through the class. And I just find that it's, they're really straightforward. The classes, it's not like super spiritual yoga or anything like that, but it just gets me moving and someone's kind of walking me through. So you do pay a monthly subscription to have access to the classes. So it's a one-time fee for the mirror itself. And then you pay monthly for the classes. So um, again, I've, no one's paying me to say any of this. This is just my favorite things and my strategies for staying, staying sane and staying healthy. Peggy said, someone was just telling me about mirror last night. Yay. I just made a leap and ordered a Peloton bike. Amazing. I like spin and yoga combo, but might need to add serotonin and Pilates. <laughs> Michael writes, will the mirror think I'm the fairest of all? If so, salt. Yeah, of course, Michael. They will like, you know, just say, talk to you every day. Um, that'd be great if it would, you know, what they're offering though now on mirror is private classes, like strength training. So you can hire a personal trainer for $50. I have not had the courage to do it yet, but someone would be live in the mirror. I should just go, I should just do it just to try it. It's like technology. Um, but yeah, they're, they're introducing strength training or personal training where the person will be live with you one-on-one through the mirror. So. I know it might seem gimmicky. Michael kind of said, this is basically like a giant iPhone that is just mounted to the wall. <laughs> but I sw- I, again, it might sound silly, but it helps me move more than I might otherwise. Same thing with meal, prepared meal delivery. So I've been piloting, Brenna helped me run a whole experiment of meal delivery, not meal kits, like plated was my favorite meal kit. I tested six or seven, but meal delivery. So provenance, Saqqara, um, portable chef, different states and different cities have different people doing this because not all of them are national. That's really hard to do. But even though it's a little more expensive, it gets me to eat a healthy meal when I don't feel like cooking. And that's important to me. So maybe that's another encouragement for all of you is just what are some of these small tweaks that you can make that just get you over the hump or that reduce the friction that keeps you from doing something that you know would feel good for you or be healthy. 
Okay. So let's go look at some of our Q and a that was submitted. I think, Oh, nope. Sorry. I had one more favorite thing. And that was someone asked a question about burnout and especially around holiday time. I recently went through my own bout of burnout where I thought I was sick. I thought I was just catching a cold change of seasons and I was glued to the couch. The furry rest monster flipped out of the couch again. There's a previous previous pivot podcast episode on launching post-launch pivots and the furry rest monster. And I just needed to rest. And I realized I was more more tired than I thought. And even though I had just been a guest on Kevin's Talk Burnout podcast, I I really needed much deeper rest than I had been expecting. So one of the books I read during that time was Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. It's an amazing book. I finally read it after all this time. And, and it's kind of counterintuitive, but when we're experiencing holiday stress or burnout, actually one of the best things we can do is initiate or recall a self-compassion practice. So my other favorite thing that I'm going to recommend is Kristen's Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook, a proven way to accept yourself, build inner strength, and thrive. Because what can happen, even I started to do this self-talk where I thought, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get off the couch? I have work to do. I shouldn't be. I'm lazy. This is not good. Oh, but I have so many emails or so many things that are waiting for me. And despite all that, I just needed to accept it and rest. And even Kristen Neff has a self-compassion mantra and you can write your own self-compassion mantras. Like this is a moment of suffering and shout out as well to my sister-in-law, She's technically my sister-in-law's sister, Marissa Knox. She's studying with Kristen Neff and about to finish her PhD in self-compassion research. And so Kristen, um, Kristen and Marissa both have really, Marissa has been a, an amazing resource as well, opening up just the power of this practice. And Kristen outlines how much more uh, beneficial it is for our health to have self-compassion than even self-esteem. And self-compassion is something we can draw on at any point, you know, the holidays are so full and they're joyful, but they can also be stressful. And how do we have compassion and just say, this is tough. What if our self-talk, instead of saying, get over it, or what's wrong with you? Or how could you talk to them like that? Or what, what do you mean you, you, you need to like go be on your own and you don't want to be with the whole group right now? Like whatever weird stuff tends to come up at this time of year. It's just, what if you said, I get it. What if your self-talk to yourself was, I get it. It's so understandable. It's okay. Take all the time you need. And we would talk to ourselves in that voice of a best friend, in that voice of a parent to a child. And I think sometimes we might think we're self-compassionate, but there's even more room to go. And that flooding ourselves with self-compassion is kind of paradoxically the fastest way through. Although you can't rush something like rest or burnout, you got to let it be and rest and send your whole body into that state of acceptance and rest. And I think then we can work through it. And as well of just knowing that we are all so stimulated. I, again, even for me, even being a guest as a quote expert on a podcast about burnout, even as somebody who my bio for five years said that I help people move beyond burnout to create sustainable careers that they love, it still does not make us immune. It still doesn't make me immune to saying, look what happened. And you can we can use burnout as a learning experience as well. Look what happened. Okay, I crashed. Where did I let go of my practices? Where I know for a sure I wasn't exercising enough. So I wasn't 
generating those endorphins and happy chemicals enough in my body. I had kind of slipped in terms of how healthily I was eating or not. I had taken on a lot of change in my personal life, in my business. So just acknowledging that growth and again, going circling full circle that none of us are, are perfect. And even those of us that care about burnout, we might still experience it and that's okay, but we can learn and share with each other. And we are all we are all making up this new map of how to be in this society at this level of technology that we have together. Nobody knows how to do this. I mean, some of course are studying this and are more advanced than others, but we're all having to understand this new terrain as it changes and as it evolves. I'm happy to open it up to questions. If those of you who are on live have anything in particular that you want to make sure I cover. Let me work through some of the questions that were submitted in advance. So I mentioned my favorite Pilates class. Olivia says, sorry, I can't be with you. Olivia, you're always here in spirit. Just so you know, I was thinking about you today and how happy I am that to know you and be in touch through, through the podcast. Olivia says, no question. I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for creating the insider community. It's been invaluable to me over these past few months. And I always come away from the calls feeling inspired. Thank you, Olivia. What are you doing for Christmas? Um, I will be in California with my family. Um, I'm really excited. I haven't spent Christmas day yet with my two little nieces who are four and two, and that will be really fun to get to see them. And our puppy, we pick up Ryder um, in two days. So when, as soon as I'm back from California, um, we're, we're going to have Ryder before and after, but I'll be in full-blown puppy life pivot, <laughs> the puppy pivot mode of getting to know him, training him, walking him, rewriting, redoing all our routines with him. So Ryder is our, our little Christmas present. And 2020 is not the year of the dog in the Chinese lunar calendar, but for the Karsuni Blake household, it will be the year of the dog. Thank you for asking, Olivia. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful Christmas and holidays as well. Uh, Catherine asked if there's a link to Pivot Podcast 79, New Year Questions. I'm sending a story out to my email list. Thank you, Catherine. So check out the updated list is at pivotmethod.com slash 147. That's the new Set Your Strategy episode for 2020. And that has all the links in the show notes. And then if you want, any of you can access the Pivot workbook excerpt that's in the insider bonus area. Side note about Pivot Insider and your bonus and everything, you can access all of that now through mobile even more easily if you download the Kajabi app. So go into the app store. It's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. And if you're already a member of Insider, once you log in, you'll see anything that's in your library. So whether it's from me or if you're a part of any other online content creator who happens to use Kajabi, it would all be available to you within the app. And it's just a nice way to interact with the content, even listen or watch these calls back on the go through the app. I have no attachment to whether you download this app or not. It's no big deal. Some people really just don't even want yet another app on your phone. But uh, I, I was really excited when I saw that they launched it. And it's funny because some people in the Kajabi community are fussing about, oh no, but you can see my, like, it's not just my courses that you'll be able to see, which I think is so funny. Like, 
who cares? It's, 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 it's good to aggregate. We have so many different ways and people that we're all learning from online these days. So the fact that if anyone else is using Kajabi, you can have it aggregated all in one place. I think that's a really good thing. Lauren said, I have several different side projects at work that I'm piloting. Thank you, Pivot Method. Woohoo. And I hope they will help me move into a new role. I love doing these side projects and I am so energized by them, but I feel totally burnt out on my core job and I'm finding it hard to stay focused while I have these exciting side projects to do. Any advice for how to stay motivated in my day-to-day role? Yeah, one thing that helped me, Lauren, is gratitude. So when I was at Google and when I was working with coaching clients on this kind of topic, I remember asking myself, so I would say, when I would find myself being resentful, two things were usually happening. One, I was wishing I was somewhere other than I was. So I was like, oh, I wish I just had all the time to work on my business. I wish I wasn't here. Okay, so that's going to create stress and resistance and resentment because you're going to say, oh, I wish I didn't even have to be here. And that's not jiving with your current reality because you are there and you do feel some part of you feels it's important to be there right now, even if another part of you wishes that it wasn't. So I remember I would ask myself, well, am I ready to quit tomorrow? Ultimately, it's my choice to be here. So as soon as you know that it's your choice to still keep your day job, then you can remind that part of yourself that's not that motivated, remind yourself why you're there. So when you talk to the part of you that starts rebelling and kind of rejecting and being bored with your role, remind yourself, say, Lauren, this is still a choice. Give yourself a little pep talk. Like we are still in this role because it is funding, it is bootstrapping all these exciting side projects. So you can turn that into gratitude for the role while you have it and say, this isn't forever. I'm actually so grateful to have this paycheck and this consistency and this stability right now. And how can I even do a daily gratitude practice of gratitude for the work? There will come a day when you look back and you think, oh, wasn't that nice? Those days where I got paychecks every two weeks. (laughs) And So I think the more you can be in gratitude until you make that decision to leave will just help you remember why you're there and remember what's important to you about it. And the other thing that helped me not overly stress about my day-to-day role was giving myself permission to kind of do things my own way. Like actually, as soon as I knew at Google, I'd reached this point where I thought, you know what? It's okay if I don't ever get promoted again within Google. I'm really happy with my level. I'm really happy with my role. It's okay if I don't obsess over climbing the ladder here. And I was a little worried that somehow my performance would drop, but it ended up creating so much more ease and joy. It was just this most powerful inner shift where I realized, oh, so much of my stress just came from stories I was telling myself about the work. Now, Lauren, if you know that you're staying another six months, another year, and there's just you're not motivated because you've moved, you've hit a plateau with the actual tasks and projects and responsibilities. That is a great opportunity to have a conversation with your manager. So I would even work through the pivot method, work through, there's handouts where you, you know, within Insider where you can work through the framework. You can even say, I recently took a course on kind of mapping growth for the year ahead. And I got some awareness around what energizes me and what drains me. And I'd love if I could share some of that with you. And even if you, my ma- if you manager can't help me fix this right away, I'd love to just put it on your radar. And if you see or hear of projects that involve XYZ, that's the stuff I'm really excited about and how I'm really excited to grow in the new year. And 
these are the things that I'm noticing are draining me, or I feel like I've outgrown a little bit. Even if we can't get rid of them right away, maybe we could just continue this conversation, or maybe we can both, or with your permission, I can think creatively about how to approach them differently. So by having that conversation, maybe you can make a shift. Maybe this is a signal if you're going to stay of how to how to reactivate because you've kind of outgrown your role in a sense. Like that's what I find boredom is so actively uncomfortable. If you're a high net growth person, it's so uncomfortable to be bored at work. We actually don't want it. I think if you're high net growth, if you're a pivoter, you're listening to this podcast or pivot insider, you are hungry to learn and grow and make an impact. And when those things aren't happening, that's where the motivation really starts to drop. And nobody wants that. Not you, not your manager. The other thing you could do is give yourself a timeline. So let's say you're going to leave your job in a year, or maybe not. Maybe you, some people, by the way, love having a full-time job and only working on projects on the side. And that is so comfortable and stable and reassuring and change is inevitable anyway. So we're never even guaranteed that. But let's say, you know, you're going to be there a year. I also like to focus on impact. So by the end of my time, by the end of this year within my role, and those of you who are running your own business, by the end of this year in my business, what kind of impact would I love to make? What would I be so proud to look back on and say that I have achieved? If you were going to win an award, whether it's an internal award or you're being recognized by your community, for, you, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, maybe you're featured on the cover of a magazine, or even you get a glowing thank you note that a year from now, at the end of 2020, somebody says, thank you so much. You've changed my life. What do they say? And in the case of getting an award, what is the work that you did that was game-changing? What problem did you solve? What impact did you make where you leave that situation if and when you leave with your head held high, that you're so proud of what you accomplished and, and you, you know, we, we use a running, a marathon metaphor. I did one marathon (laughs) at the Nike women's marathon and I ran so slowly. I think I finished in six hours. I did jog the whole time. I didn't walk, but I'm the slowest. But nonetheless, they say you hit a wall, like mile 19, 20, 21, 22. You just think, oh my God, I don't even know if I can finish this thing. This is so monotonous. I'm, in, I'm tired. I'm worn out. But then mile 25, there's a sense of turn on the burners. Like, can you run through the finish line? So can you, and always in growing up when I did high school sports, it was like softball. I played softball. You got to run through the base. You don't slow down before you hit the base. You actually run all the way. Don't let up your run until you're through, until your foot touches down and you're on the base. So whatever situation you're in, even if you're an entrepreneur working on client projects that you eventually are going to transition out of, just what would it look like to run through the base, run through that last mile, and, and then be able to move on and be so clear about it because you know that you gave it your best and you know that you showed up as your best. And if you are genuinely at a point where you cannot do that, you cannot rally for yourself, for your company, for your cl- a certain client that's no longer a fit, then I don't think you should. At that point, I do not think that the self-compassionate thing is to say, well, buck up, we'll suck it up. Well, oh, your whole body is allergic to this thing now, do it anyway. That's where I think we do start to hit burnout and we do start to, our body, there's a, an amazing book by Gabor Mate that I love called When the Body Says No. 
if you don't say no to an opportunity, a client, a project, a job that you start to become allergic to, it becomes toxic in your body and your body will say no for you. So I know so many of you who are here on this insider call, if not all of you, Peggy, Wade, Michael, Jonathan, like Stephanie, like, I don't have to tell you, this is stuff we all are aware of and we know, but sometimes it's just harder when you're in it. So before your body has to be the one to say no, I do think that at some point, if you can't rally, you shouldn't make yourself. And maybe people will disagree with me. I definitely, of course, that's a privileged thing to say because some people don't have that privilege. Some people are working three jobs just to pay the bills and just don't have that option. But if you're somebody who does, then start to go into strategy mode. So I am leaving. This is time for me to go in a new direction. And now how do I make that successful? And instead of planning for the worst case and what could go wrong, you actually envision what would success look like. And that's where Pivot comes in. And Lauren, kudos to you because you're already working through the pivot method. Peggy says, oh, yay. Oh, and Michael says, a suggestion for Lauren, since she's not on the call, lots of coaches and momentum, including me. She might benefit for a coach. Yes, benefit from a coach for this period. I'm happy to help. Amazing. So Michael Consuelos, because maybe even someone uh, who's, who isn't in momentum wants to reach out to you, Michael. And if you could put, if you have a website or contact info that you want me to share, perfect. mjconsuelos at mac.com. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. And Peggy says, I'm going to do a shout out for myself. It's hard to do this for me. Last month, the annual report I create each year for work, which is a labor of love, received second place. Wow. For the entire state of Alaska PRSA Aurora Awards. Congratulations, Peggy. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. And Peggy also says, my coaching and facilitation training this year is changing me to action. Woo-hoo. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. Um, the, the last question, and I, then I want to open it up. If you have to run, no problem, but I want to give you all a chance. If you have to jump right at the hour, let us know one insight from this call, one insight or an aha, and one next step because it's our last call of the year. And I would love to hear one insight you're taking and one next step. And, and then I just encourage you to have fun with, and, 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 no need to force any end of your reflection or anything. Just um, as my dad and I do, and as I shared in the book pivot, drop a bucket, like even for a word or theme of 2020, you don't have to know right away, just drop a bucket into the wishing well of your brain. And whenever that bucket has an idea, it will pop back up. Uh, Stephanie has to jump. Bye, Stephanie. Thank you. See you in the new year. Um, so last technical question before we close out and do the round robin, Catherine asked, what email list program do you use? and about licensing. So I'm going to announce, I'm going to do a licensing VIP day in end of February. So Catherine, you're on my radar for that. And someone else, I believe it was Lindsay also asked about licensing. So I will, that's very specific. And there's so much content there that I'm actually working on putting a whole day together for that. So stay tuned. That will be at the end of February. And I believe many of you are on my radar, but uh, to let you know, when more of that content is going to be ready and launch, I'm, I'm crockpotting it behind the scenes for email list. I now use Kajabi because it helps me manage, um, not just email, but all my courses, any live events, any sales or registration pages. Uh, it's really kind of a, a comprehensive all in program. And I was paying almost as much for MailChimp alone. So I just this year transitioned to Kajabi 
And if you're interested in doing that, we'll put the links in the show notes. Brenna and I also kept a Kajabi FAQ doc because any question we couldn't answer from their help center, we, we documented just to help anyone else who makes that transition. So that's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I, and I'll put that in the show notes. So I'd love if any of you want to come off of mute and, and or turn on video, you certainly don't have to. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Uh, I know you're like looking at the side of my face when I have <laughs> to look at the other screen, but uh, I would love to know what's one insight and one next step. And again, feel free to unmute or come off video for this part if you want to share. I would love to hear. Hi, Wade. Hi. Um, I really love the idea. I forget who you said said this, but the um, idea of perfectionism. And so just focus on getting the 80% yeah. done and then, you know, let the rest kind of happen or, you know, be able to send it off for extra support. I think sometimes I recognize when I just am in that, like, get it done mindset, I'll do it. And then, um, and then sometimes projects won't finish. And so it's that balance of like, get it done. Don't be perfectionist. And, you know, don't let things just linger at the 80% mark too. Right. Right. I know. It's almost like, how do we ship? How do we get it to 80% and shippable almost at the same time? Cause I'm like you, sometimes I have to, even in the moment, I'm like, I have to push myself to Jenny like it's very easy to want to stop at the 80% that isn't shippable, you know? So I'm like, okay, Jenny, just 20 more minutes and you'd actually be able to get this thing out the door. So I love that reminder, Wade. Thank you. And I'm so excited for your holiday challenge. Thank you again for doing that. Yeah. And I love yeah. that you talked about the self-compassion piece because that's um, part of one of our day's challenge too with um, Neff's work because it's so impactful for our inner dialogue and self-talk. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I feel like wait, if any of you is looking for healthy holiday, kind of like coaching, Wade is so brilliant at what she does. And I'm going to just say it in case anyone's listening on audio, but you can learn more about Wade at wadebrill.com. W-A-D-E-B-R-I-L-L.com. Wade is such an inspiration to me. So just so you know, Wade, you're such an inspiration to me, your story, who you are, how you show up in the world. And if you're listening on audio, her podcast is centered in the city. So you can get guided meditations. And I think Wade has one of the coolest podcast arts that I've ever seen. <laughs> your logo is so epic. Centered in the city, if you want to listen. Thank you. And I love seeing you on video. It's so fun. Um, who else who wants to, who else wants to do a checkout? And if you want to just type in chat, you don't want to come off of mute or come on video. You certainly don't have to, but I'm happy to read it out. So I see Michael wrote takeaway, develop the thousand hour plan for 2020 onto a dedicated whiteboard. Oh my gosh. So cool. I love whiteboarding. Speaking of which, Michael, I don't know if you're aware of idea paint, but you could turn an entire wall into a whiteboard if you wanted to in your house. And in fact, in every New York apartment that I've had, I've painted the back of the front door with idea paint so that the back of my door, even the back of this door, you can see behind me is a whiteboard. So if you're wondering why I drew on my door, oh yeah. And um, Wade says, or chalkboard. So yeah, you, I forgot that idea paint, you can make a chalkboard and you can also make a magnet. I didn't put enough magnet paint. I spread it too thin, but you can make your door into a magnet as well. I love the idea though of, 
And what if you broke down those thousand hours into month by month and you just could see visually how many checkboxes you had to allocate? And wouldn't that help us all be more discerning and figure out what we really, really want to say yes and no to because we are visually looking at, well, this is what I have available. So people were laughing because I, I said, I think last time I announced this, but because the puppy's coming, I've set a no new meetings. I set like a no new meetings thing at the end of mid-November. So I just started telling people I'm not scheduling again until February. And I fit in a few meetings for client projects, but it was amazing how sharp that clarified things of just putting in this, when are you going to call it a limit on your time for that week? Um, <laughs> Michael says, yes, and you have to face your plan every day. Mirror, mirror, <laughs> mirror, mirror to my work. That's true. That's true. I have like, I have this weirdest little, what is it? What do they call it? There's a man cave and then what is it like the she shed? They're like, there's a movement of, yeah, women who have the shed in the backyard. I feel like this is my little she cave. What you can't see, it's so quirky, but the house that we got, there's this bunk bed built in above my desk. So there's the guest bed is a bunk bed that's above my head. So this is a simultaneous guest room. The door you see right there is the podcast studio. It's just under a stairwell. It's like a closet under a stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> that Michael can do videos in. My dad painted this painting right here. Someone asked why these books aren't color-coded and that's because they were the theology theme. Wait, it's really hard. I feel like a news, a weather person. Okay, wait, there's the theology stack. Um, and yeah, now you have a little tour of my office slash workout room slash brainstorm slash podcast studio slash guest bed. Hashtag New York living. Oh my gosh, there's Michael's dog. Oh. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let me pin that video. Oh my gosh. Michael, your dog is so sweet. This is our meditation now. Oh, hi, doggy. Oh my gosh. Peggy says I have a matching white lab here. Oh my gosh. Michael, what's his or her name? Give you uh, oh, Kula. This is Atticus. Oh, this is Atticus. Oh, Peggy's is Kula. Oh, Oh my gosh, Atticus. Hi, buddy. Oh, he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. See, this is it. You know what? I think Pivot Insider is like, <laughs> we can one time, we could do a special insider call, which is like, bring your pets and we'll just be on video and it will be the most like soothing, joyful uh, hour <laughs> we can spend together. Oh my gosh, Atticus. Hi, Atticus. Happy New Year. What a cutie. Oh, what a good boy. Oh my gosh. What a good dog. Can you see us? Oh, and there, there's Peggy's dog. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I want to take, I'm trying to take this. Michael, you might have to send me a picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, he gets, he's a very photogenic dog. So we'll definitely yeah. take some photos. I can see that. Let's have an insider like pet corner. It doesn't have to just be for dogs. There's Kula. Oh my gosh. And Jonathan said, Oh, Jonathan has a white lab too. What, or white lab. You had one. Oh, sunny bear. That's so sweet. A white lab, AKC sunshine, Samantha bear. Oh my gosh. Wait, Peggy, I, I missed Kula. Will you put for a second? Just hold for a second. Um, this is so fun. Hi Kula. And look there, now we're in Alaska. This is so fun. We've never done like a, just where in the world, uh, check out on Insider. Hi, Kula. 
Oh, what a sweet dog. Thank you, Peggy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to be learning from all of you. Wade, do you have any pets currently? Not at the moment. Yeah. Wade's in Seattle. So we saw your Seattle sneak peek. I'll, uh, oh, there's no snow on the trees. We had our first snow the other day. Um, and let's see, Jonathan, how about you? You can type in the chat, but any, any takeaway or next step that you want to share? I'm so happy to spend this time. And also, does anyone else, I know we're going a little long, but is there any other question on your mind or anything that would be helpful as we close out this last call of the year? I'll give a share that, um, Yay. you know, when sometimes everything starts to shifting, like when you do that last bit or the hardest thing, and then it has so much energy that it just carries everything else. Yes. So this year, I think I've shared that before as an experiment, I did a dry year of no alcohol and, um, I've made it through, like, it's just been an interesting I'll write about it eventually, just yeah. about where the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. And but um, I started an what's called an AIP autoimmune protocol mm -hmm. diet, and I'm on day 21. And I went through Thanksgiving. It's pretty restricted, but I have so much energy now, and I'm blown away by like the changes that are happening. I'm, I'm healthy anyways, but the changes and then how that's giving me so much more energy to be able to you know, on my huge whiteboard at work, really start planning. Wow. And it's, it's all a form of self care, but it's an unexpected results from for this year. And I'm so excited about everything going into 2020. And a big part is connecting here and then in the training I'm doing. And, but thank you, um, Jenny, and for your podcast, because I feel like I'm launching, I don't yet know what is unfolding totally in the future. But just all the different changes I've put into my own life of disturbing the gap to be where I want to be in this year are just huge. So wow. I want to thank the community for a lot of that. Thank you so much, Peggy. And can, is it okay with you if we share your book as well as part of Jenny's favorite things? You can, but I would write a different book now. You would? Yeah. Both, both the books I wrote, like I wrote them so long ago, they're still beautiful, but they're not, that's not who I would. Oh, you mm. mean, so my past books. Um, well, I have tending. I have tending your spiritual garden on my shelf. Do you? Yeah. Oh, so happy. Yeah, but I'm it's curious. A beautiful book. It's it yeah. really. I would love to redo that book um, to make it more more open um, than being so specific. But mm. uh, yes, you're welcome to share them. <laughs> I was gonna go get the. <laughs> I was gonna go get it and like Vanna White it, show it on the screen. Um, but congratulations, Peggy, on your momentum and even just doing that dry year. And just like giving your body chemistry that chance to be so fresh and just, and that, that like cumulative effect of a dry year is so powerful. And I just love hearing your experience of it. And I can't wait if you end up doing a write-up, I would love to check it out. Somebody asked me yesterday, they, they messaged me privately on Facebook and said, you know, I know you've been doing this and I'm really curious. I'm thinking about it for 2020. So, and I've actually had two people ask me, so I, I was going to wait and start writing next year about it, but I maybe do a blog post about it, um, just for people that are thinking about it, if they wanted to start it like right at the new year. Yeah. Oh, I, so love, it. Yeah. I love it. Well, send it, send it. If you, if, and when you post, send it and we'll make sure to help share it if you're okay with that. 
I am. Thanks, Jen. And then Thank hold on. I'm gonna show you all. I'm gonna I'm gonna get Peggy's book. Hold on. And then I saw Jonathan wrote something too. One second. See, Peggy, you're on my spiritual theology yoga show. So here's Peggy. I love that. That makes yeah. you so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yours defies the color coding in order to be with its friends, <laughs> with its friends in the theology section. Um, Michael said also beautiful dog. And Jonathan said, at this point, my life is an unrestricted flow. Amazing. Letting go of lots of self-judgment in the process. I'm starting to just live intuitively. And it's amazing how things have been coming together. That's so incredible, Jonathan, from Weedabix. And Jonathan, can you share your URL in the chat as well so I can give you the pro- give the proper shout out for the, our favorite things list, Pivot Insider favorite things, and if you get a chance. Um, bye, Michael. Michael says, got to go. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support, your energy. All of you bring so much. Like each of you, even when you aren't here live, uh, your, your spirit is with us. And I, I'm so thankful for all of you. Thank you, Michael. And, and really, truly happy holidays, everybody. I'm just wishing you a peaceful, easeful end of the year. We'll be uh, virtually together in Wade's 10 day, 10 days supported by Wade and your challenge and Peggy, your learnings. Um, thank you all so much. I'm just at a little bit of a loss for words to convey my thanks to all of you for being who you are and for being here and for helping me um, feel more sane, but also just the shared connection that I think deepens every time. I'm, I'm really grateful to be walking our pivot paths together. And um, yeah, Peggy says, may this starlight time leading to solstice be deeply peaceful. What a beautiful note to end on. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful end of year. Happy, happy holidays. Kisses, hugs. See you in the new year. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always 